Hey guys, make sure you stay tuned to this podcast because we're going to cover the biggest gaming news over the last week, including Nickelodeon Smash and a Steam Deck. Stay tuned. Hello everyone and welcome to the Streamcast. I'm Danny Phantom and I'm joined by Mr. Krabs. Yes, and we're going to get into this great week of gaming news. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, Nickelodeon Smash, coming into pretty much every console that can run games and the PC in the autumn. I mean, I was excited when this was announced. How did you feel, Isaac? Yeah, I was pretty excited as well. Like, um, and I know it, it has to be good because do you remember an old game called um, PlayStation All Stars? Yeah, I yeah. Did, we played it, we loved it, and it was it was just because you could like get a certain amount of characters fighting each other, and to have like Nigel Thornberry fight Reptar for some reason is something I never thought I'd get to see. So yeah, I'm excited. I want this. Yeah, I didn't even watch the trailer. I was just imagining watching certain people fight each other, like Korra fighting Danny Phantom, and realize actually there's money in that. There's big money in all of mm-hmm. these people fighting. I wish we can get like Timmy Turner and his par- uh, his fairy parents in there, but I cannot wait for this game to come out and it's gonna have rollback netcode. So some Yay. people are saying some people are saying it's better than Smash already, and that that's. That's a big shout, but, you know, the shout is out there. The streets are saying Smash has its competitor now. Um, Isaac, you know what rollback netcode is, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, it, it just it just means you experience less lag, basically. Because yeah. I think uh, it's the system kind of predicting what's going to happen next. So, like, it, it feels seamless. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, mm. correct. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know what rollback netcode is, it is basically the system predicting your inputs to minimize input lag. So it will predict what buttons you are pressing. And if it's correct, then nothing happens. Your buttons go through as intended. But if you press something other than what was predicted, then the game will go back to the last safe point and then put your inputs in so you are not at a disadvantage. It's really handy and it's really quite baffling as to why so many fine games are against rollback. Mm. Also, to touch on a point you said earlier, it's funny you mentioned Timmy Turner because like, in my head I was thinking there's an episode where I think Timmy wishes for something and he basically gets like turned into like an anime and he's having these like Kamehameha battles with someone and I want that version of Timmy Turner in this game oh yes i remember that episode yeah. that was so good so good yeah oh if we could get icky vicky as well yep perfect mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they've announced a handful of characters spongebob squarepants leonardo oblina from real monsters that's a that's a shout from the past who are you most excited about so far and who would be the perfect announcement for you that hasn't been announced already. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, obviously, the first one I'm most excited for at the moment has got to be Nigel Thornberry. Um, oh, yes. He, yes, he's the gold standard when it comes to Nickelodeon. Um, <laughs> like, he's just full of dad jokes. He's so odd. He clearly loves his family. And for me, personally, 
he is Britain's treasure. Um, <laughs> and I think who I'd be excited to see, that's a really good question. Um, that's such a good question, actually. That's a question I definitely wasn't prepped for. Uh, let me quickly search Nickelodeon characters. <laughs> that is my bad because that question wasn't in the notes. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Um, I just didn't realize I didn't know that many Nickelodeon characters. Um, what about yourself? Who are you feeling? So, so far, Danny Phantom has been the biggest announcement for me so far in terms of an actual fighter. Mm-hmm. That has been really impressive, and I can't wait to see how his moveset is going to be implemented because he yeah. is quite possibly the closest thing that we have to a traditional superhero. He has a, a regular persona. He has, you know, a double life. He's got great superpowers. And I think, honestly, the thing that would get me most hype is if we got Ang in the game. Yeah. Fire bending, air bending, earth bending, water bending, mm-hmm. and his ultimate move, his final smash, whatever you want to call it, being Avatar State. I would buy, oh my. It writes itself, honestly. Mate, I'd buy the season pass if that was like <laughs> DLC. And I hate DLC. No, like, um, I do agree. Like, if you had to pick between Ang and Korra, though, who are you putting in? If you can't uh, have both. That's a good question. I haven't finished Korra, so I'm going to mm-hmm. be very biased. My answer is Ang, and Fair that's enough. pretty much the only reason. Mm. I really like Korra's. Um, the way she's been written, I like that. Yeah. I don't like Cora herself, but that is intentional because the writers have written her in a way that she comes off as a brat. And to be honest, if she was real, she would be a brat because she's, what, 18? And she's already arguably the strongest human being on the world. Yeah. She has the potential to be the strongest on the planet. So mm-hmm. she would have a big chip on the shoulder and would think that she's the shit because she kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I like that. I like the direction they've gone with her. And I like the fact that the series has pretty much gone a completely different route than the original series did because yeah. it would be so easy for Cora to follow the same labors and the same template. But her, even her chapters, they have different names. So that is, it's been really exciting and interesting to learn about her story and her growth. No, like you've put it really well, actually. Um, you're right, if they did it, exactly like they did with ang i it wouldn't be worth anyone's time exactly um, it's good that the change was there and they introduced the i wouldn't say new elements but like the villains were fundamentally very different to what ang fought mm. like in a weird way as as much as they put ang in a new world and as much as i love the avatar as much as the first Avatar with Aang, like Korra does bring a more like mature um, yeah. like scene to everything because mm-hmm. like your villains are like more complex. Like, don't get me wrong, Zuko was super complex. There was a lot happening, but at the end of the day, it was I have to get the Avatar because this will make my like father proud. There was more to it behind that, but yeah, like it's hard to say it's one dimensional but at the same time not because there was more going on in the background but his i guess his main reason to do it was very one dimensional but with all the other enemies you see like um i don't remember that well but i know there's one guy i think he like shot things from like his his head or whatever um yeah. and if i remember <laughs> and if i remember this correctly i think he wanted uh like equality for all benders or something or he wanted to take away like 
I remember it. I don't remember it. It's but been a while. It's been a it's long been time. It's been so long. It's been years. But I do remember it being like, you know, pretty deep, pretty complex. And it was it was adults and their philosophies about, you know, how we should live our lives instead of, uh, you know, status quo or just power, mm. like it was with the Fire Nation. Um, so it was nice to see, you know, more depth and more, I guess, human reasons for why the villains were doing the things they were doing. Uh, if any of that has made sense. I wasn't expecting to talk about the Avatar too much. <laughs> oh, otherwise I've done more research because I've seen it like years ago. So, of course, listeners, viewers, who are you most excited by so far who has already been announced? And who would be your creme de la creme, your most important announcement post-release? Or after this point, who would you most be excited by being in the roster? I want Arnold in there. I think that's going to be my choice. Just because he okay. was like, one of my favorite Nickelodeon characters. That's Fair enough. It. Yeah. Like, they've got a Reptar, and he was a toy. So, I mean, yeah, hey, Arnold can be in there. Yeah, Reptar was cool, though. He was cool. <laughs> my favorite thing about this announcement has been all the memes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it. There was one of them. Um, uh, I think his name is Stu. Stu Pickles. And mm. like he's got the tired face, and Didi's like, "Why are you up at four AM? I gotta give these kids the business." <laughs> it's, it's so good. So I I'm part of the Smash Brothers like Reddit on. I followed the subreddit or Smash Brothers on Reddit. Oh, that was a mouthful. Um, and there's been nothing about Smash. It's just literally been like Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, <laughs> Nickelodeon. And I think my favorite meme is uh, um. I can't wait for Smash Bros. Reddit to go back to being about Smash Bros. And like, yeah, it sucks to be you, mate. I'm loving this. <laughs> yeah, man, don't be sorry. Like, it's just it's just more games, isn't it? Smash is gonna be around for a while. Yeah. So. I think I don't think this game is going to beat Smash, if I'm honest. I think no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of hype. We're gonna be excited for it. And then you know the the meme of um in Toy Story where he drops the toy that he doesn't like. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, people are going to be dropping um, Nickelodeon after a couple of months <laughs> and going back to Smash. Um, but it'll be a fun couple of months, I won't lie. Yeah, I think Smash also has a huge stake in the Japanese market, which cannot be understated enough. Nickelodeon's big, but I don't know other than the States and, of course, the UK how much of a global presence it has. So it might do really well in the West, but we can't say if that's gonna be the same thing for the rest of the planet. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all I can say is I'm excited to try it. I gave PlayStation All-Stars a try. It was okay, but I still think there's a ceiling to that kind of franchise. They could definitely get away with a sequel. And I think this game is gonna do well. I think it depends on if the devs make this a, a uh, mechanically, I don't want to say complex game, but a, a competitive game. Mm. So it's one thing that obviously has got the party elements. The way Smash is like, it, it looks very, you know, uh, beginner friendly. But then when you actually start playing, you realize that there are levels to Smash. Yeah. And if Nickelodeon can replicate that, plus the fact they got rollback, I think they could have a very budding community. It doesn't need to beat Smash. It just needs to have a a community that's on fire for it. People who are willing to play it for a long time and then that's a success in their eyes. They announced this out of nothing and they got a huge 
outpour of support. So that's already, you know, good morale for the team. Mm-hmm. Like they, they've been working on this thing and they see that people have interest in it. So I hope they can continue that into the final product. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, it's this is this is another reason why I've got that PS5 itch because I'm like, <laughs> if I'm buying this, I'm getting it for PS5. Yes, and of course, I did say it's on every console. It is. I've, I've just double checked it's on everything. Yeah. It's a bit mad. One character that will not be in Nickelodeon or Star Brawl is Black Panther because he's coming to Marvel's Avengers and he will be voiced by none other than the Baron of Boys. It's Christopher Judge. And I'm excited for this. Isaac, how about you? Yeah, mm, I'm, I'm indifferent. I won't lie to you. I'm <laughs> indifferent. You're excited, great, but I'm indifferent. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get that hype going because like, the energy was there. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of that. I want that to keep going. Like, Tell me why you're excited. Let's keep that energy going. <laughs> oh, shit. Because um, he's Chris Judge and he's the voice actor to my favorite gaming character. I love everything that Chris Judge does. I think he's an absolute professional. He's so talented. He's a brilliant guy. And I am so interested in how this Black Panther is going to differ from the movies. Because the movie's Black Panther is pretty much everyone's canon Black Panther now. And I want to see how this interpretation is going to be different. We've already read a bit of news that he's going to be a bit different portraying Black Panther here because he's been king for a bit longer than his movie counterpart. So he's going to be a bit more rugged, a bit more aggressive. And I'm excited to see that. He has gone under the same coaching uh, when it comes to the Wakandan dialect as Chadwick Boseman, RIP to a legend. So I am excited to see how he's going to sound. And I'm, I had this in the first Black Panther film, I realized that everyone's accent sounded like they were from a different African country. And I thought that was just poor direction. But it turns out it was meant to c- come across that way. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see how Judge is going to sound as Black Panther. Does this mean I'm going to play the game? No. I have no interest in playing the game. <laughs> but you got a let's play. You got a showcase. I'm there. You got a stream. I'll be there. I'm I'm there to watch Judge and support him, but I'm not going to play it myself. I have no interest in playing Marvel's Avengers personally. I have nothing against the game. It's just not my cup of tea personally. So I, it's it's a leave it for me personally. Mm. I think uh, that's that's one of the reasons why you know I'm quite indifferent about it because I know I'm not going to play the game. Um, and you know, it, it I'm glad to see Judge getting more work and whatnot, but. Don't know how long the main game is, but with the introduction of the the Black Panther DLC, it'll extend the total time of the game to twenty five hours, I believe. Okay, I'm not fully excited for the game. Uh, when it first released, I wasn't super interested in it. Uh, I find I, you know it's weird. It's kind of come full circle a little bit. I say full circle, maybe full semicircle, because the the guy in charge of the um the the combat in God of War. Is the same guy in charge of the combat for, uh, you know, this Marvel game? So again, Chris Judge, who voiced the main character um, Ooh, in God of War, is now going to voice one of the main characters in, you know, the the Marvel game. And it's like, you know, well done, Square Enix, for for picking the right talent from other games that have been successful. Uh, keep that up. Um, but this live service stuff it has not piqued my interest. Um, 
and I think for me personally, like I just like I got what I wanted from the films. And if I think I want to consume more Marvel content, it's going to be the comics instead of the game. Maybe if I play the comics, I'd be more invested in this. But long story short, not super excited about the the the, the DLC because I haven't even played the base game. Um, and mm. you know, Christopher Judge being in it, uh, it's cool, but it's not as much as I loved him in God of War. Like he's not going to be that same person in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you've, I think. So you know all the the clips of him speaking from the trailers that actually has been judged and wow because for me personally like the first time I saw it I didn't even like connect it to judge at all sounds just like T'Challa but it's just it's a bit gruffer it's a bit rougher a bit more aged um, and I quite like that uh, but it's weird that like, you can you can still tell that you know a big man is playing um, T'Challa's voice because. The voice seems larger than life compared to his body. <laughs> and that is just judge. Um, fun fact, actually. Uh, so, like in an interview with EW, I think Entertainment Weekly, um, Christopher Judge said at first he he turned down the role because he was like, you know, Chadwick Boseman should be the last person to to play the Black Panther. But apparently, um, his mother and children said they would disown him <laughs> if he did say yes. Hey, that <laughs> is that is support. It's toxic support, but it's support <laughs> nonetheless. We stand. Um, so yeah, he did it. Uh, and you know, I think he got voice coaching, like you said earlier. Um, same as T'Challa. And and here we are. So uh, like you said, let's plays um and the like. I'm there, but when it comes to actually playing the game, no thank you, because like you, not my cup of tea. Um but yeah, this is huge news. It's just not huge for me. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at the end mm. of the day. I really did like that piece of news where he just turned it down straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of shows Judge's character mm. and the amount of respect that he had for Bozeman because people have reacted to his tragic passing in, in many different ways and some... Um, have been a bit weird, but I think there's been a lot of respect on Judge and from a lot of other people, especially to his portrayal of T'Challa and how he felt he should have been the last to play him. And I really respect that that line of thinking, but I don't agree with it. I think that it's the role at the end of the day and someone new has to play that role and carry on that legacy. Like with the Joker, for example, we didn't just off the roll as soon as Heath Ledger passed. Someone new has taken up the mantle. And you could say this is a different case, but I, I still think that Black Panther does need to be portrayed um, again. In the movies, that's a different story because I think they're going to follow the comic book and probably give it to Shuri, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. But... In this game, I, I think Judge has made the right decision. Or should I say his family have made the right decision by forcing him to take this role. You don't make money for the family. <laughs> really and truly, all his proceeds should go to his mother and children because like, they made this happen. Absolutely. Mm. I agree. I mean, he could probably afford to do that and still not have to yeah, get his bank no, account. Must be nice. Fine. Mm. <laughs> but if you are watching or listening to this podcast, let us know your thoughts. Are you excited for Christopher Judge playing Black Panther? And will you be playing this game? Let us know. 
from Square Enix to Sega. Oh boy, they're in hot water. Mm -hmm. Lawsuit time. <laughs> Marcelo Muto has filed a lawsuit alleging Sega's key master arcade game machine is rigged against players. And he seeks 5 million US dollars in damages to be paid to wronged consumers. So I think this has been covered before in terms of like high score, the, the documentary about arcade machines being rigged. So players like, like in casinos and stuff like the house always wins and stuff like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Isaac? Um, like I've written it here, actually. Like, I think there's an unwritten consensus, at least like at our age, I think, um, um, where, you know, if you go to an arcade and you play one of those arcade machines, like, you know, it's rigged. Um, I think the issue here is the fact that they've called it skill based. There is no skill involved when you are determined and guaranteed to lose X amount of times. <laughs> it, there's no skill involved. And I think that's where Sega left themselves open. And uh, I mean, good. Yeah, as you quite rightly said, the Keymaster machine has been promoted, presented as a skill-based um, game but it is deterministic and it is only allowing people to win after a certain amount of people have lost, which is not skill-based <laughs> at all. So I am quite intrigued on how this case unravels because I hope this puts an end to this rigged arcade machine culture. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, um, like to an extent, it's like, oh, it's on your pants, it's a bit of fun, but if you if you can't win like chances are you might go to the arcade and just lose every single time um and it's, it's not really fun at all it's not what it's about it's like when you go to like any you know like carnival or casino or whatnot and like you play their games and it looks so easy on the surface but this is definitely a scam this is how they make their money uh so it's I kind of want these games to be taken out completely and actually have games where you actually stand a chance of winning. If you need to make them a little bit more expensive, then like fair enough, go ahead. But let us win something, you know, because um, it's just a piss take. And then eventually you get to a certain age and then you're just like, well, I don't want to play this because I'd rather just buy mm -hmm. the iPod that's in there. Um, fuck this game. <laughs> uh, it'd be nice if there's actually a chance of winning. So I'm glad this is happening. Get rid of these machines. I agree 100%. I, I do like your suggestion when you said if it if this results in, you know, the house making more expensive machines, but it's actually a fair game, then go for it. Either that or <laughs> be honest about your machine being rigged. Mm -hmm. This links to our previous podcast where I talked about loot boxes. If it's very clear that this is gambling or this is a thing that you're very likely to lose. I think that's fine and you don't get lawsuits, you don't get sued. The issue is when you propose this fixed sport, this fixed activity, and you try to present it as if it's chance or not even chance, but like skill-based, like the better you are at this skill, the more likely you are to win when that's not the case. I think that, yeah, you either make a skill-based game that is tested audited before it's put out to the public or you be honest and say this is a bit of fun but it's rigged you're very likely to lose 
I mean, out of the two, I, I would imagine they go for the former, but I think that's what is going to have to happen with these kind of games. We can't have this anymore because, as you said, you're going to get people who don't even play these games anymore because why? No one wins that. It's like the lottery taboo. Mm-hmm. No one wins it. Why would I be? Yeah, why would I take part in this? But yeah, we're going to keep our eyes peeled on this piece of news and hopefully provide updates as they arrive. Moving on from Sega to Xbox, their app has allowed you control over your children's account. So you can now set spending limits by manually transferring money to your child's Microsoft account and remove the option to use credit or debit cards. There will also be an ask to buy option if the child does not have sufficient funds to buy a specific item, allowing you to either purchase it on their behalf or transfer the necessary funds to their account. On top of that, you can see the account balance and spending history of your child. That is very exhaustive. How do you feel about that, Isaac? I mean, call me old, but there used to be, back in the day, you'd ask your parents for a game, and if you were good, they'd, you'd come back from school and the game would be there, or you'd get to go to Blockbusters with them, and they'd get the game for you. This is This is just new. And something that I don't know anything about. Because when I want to buy a game, I don't look at my bank account and I just spend and hope for the best. Um, So with that in mind, this is probably great. This is probably amazing because it means that, you know, your your kids can't run up a bill if you've attached your card to the the console. Because I think some parents have done that. Or let's say uh, you... So for example, like a friend of mine, Sean, actually... Um, his like you know nephews and nieces can't you know accidentally like spend some spend money on his account because maybe they'll have their own account instead and you know whatever whatever. But um, I think this is a great this is a great idea because it means you can just let your kids do whatever, and if they want to buy a game, it's not a case where you have to directly get involved. They have like they've is autonomy the right word i don't know but they've got control over this um it's the right word actually yeah nice um they will control over this and you know you can limit their spending what i will say is i think it should be further restricted so anything that's like a loot box or like dlc or add-ons to the game i think there should be a strict option for that you've got the game great now you want to buy more stuff i don't think so because i think as if I was a parent and my kid was like playing this game, I bought them the game, play the game. Like you shouldn't be spending like 20 quid to buy like a gold skin. Are you taking the piss? Are you working? No, no I'm working. You don't, you don't get this gold skin. The game still works. Like you're not, we're not doing this. We're, we're not doing this. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think it's all right. Cause I wouldn't want to give my child like a debit card so young. And when you approach, I guess, 14, 15 or 16, like, then at that point, chances are maybe you're doing like odd jobs or like you're actually about to work. And in that case, it makes sense. You, you've got a car. Cause I think you can start working at like 14 or something. Um, I don't know. I don't follow it. I'm not a kid. Yeah, I, don't I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. I, just, oh, I don't know. Um, but for like young, young kids, I think this is a, this is a great idea because it, it, it gives you that separation and divide from them having like absolute control and just like pressing buy, 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 buy. I don't know if you've seen those like memes or videos online about like kids spending stuff on their parents' cards. Um, because there's one video and it's like, you know, kids spends, I don't know, like 10k on X toy or whatever. 
and like when you're watching the video, this kid's just got the biggest grin on his face, no remorse. <laughs> like he, he what he did, and he's happy he did it. Um, so like those are the dangers, like having your card attached to an account and letting your kids just buy stuff because. Like, this is a more digital age, and obviously COVID stopped people from going out. And I get it, you can, like, buy games on Amazon, whatnot, but if your kid wants a game now, unless they've been good and you do want to get them that game now, like, you can, so why not? But you shouldn't have the risk of them buying more games and running up your your yeah. bill. Um, so I think this is a pretty, pretty good idea, but I think they do need a little bit more restrictions because, you know, like... There's so many things that are enticing. It's like how, like, if you go to a candy shop, everything looks really, really nice. Yeah. You can just have everything. Mm-hmm. But a candy costs, like, you know, two to five pounds max. A game is, like, yeah. 30 think, to 60, yeah. maybe even 70 now. So you don't want your kid pressing buy, like, three times <laughs> some things that have a shiny cover. None of that, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I'm I'm all for it. What about you? Yeah, I think it's great. I like how many options it provides as well. It really feels like Xbox are trying to accommodate as many different lifestyles as possible, and I really appreciate that. So you will have the parents who will be able to just give their kids X amount of money, and it's like, that's what you've got for the month. If you spend it, you're on your own. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you can check the spending history, so you can check what they've been spending on. And then you've got other parents who will be like, okay, my kid asked me for money and then I give them if they've been good. And I very much agree with your point where there should be some sort of flagging system for DLC, add-ons, loot boxes, all of that. Um, Because kids generally don't understand that kind of thing. Um, They do in terms of like a content side but not really from a financial point so it's really important that the parent has control over that and it's clear communication on both sides whether that is something that can happen or not and yeah i think that's the only thing i'd suggest as well so i'm literally just copying your point isaac i think that's really great i think it's great that they've announced this initiative at all Mm. i think it's very much needed and when you think about all the people who are in our age bracket who are gamers, some of us about to have kids, some of us a few years away from that, we will be in this position in not so many years. And it is nice to have this kind of precedent set up now. So there is, you know, kind of policy and there's like the norms and people are kind of used to this kind of thing. Um, Yeah, and I think that can help a lot of people be safe because it is very dangerous. I have seen those memes. I've had, the, I've heard those horror stories of how kids have run up thousands of pounds or dollars on FIFA, on Ultimate Team, on Fortnite. So this is very important, I think, very imperative for, for parents to be in the know of how to control. So they, just so that they're aware of what their kids are doing. They, they can obviously just let the kids go on and, and live their lives through games. But I think it is still probably a good idea to just be aware of what your kids are doing, just be a bit protective. And uh, yeah, I really hope that Xbox can extend this to like um, protection in terms of abuse and stuff. Uh, I don't know where they're at, but I know back when the 360 was the hottest console around, there was a lot of abuse going on. So I really hope that Xbox can continue this great initiative that they got here financially 
onto um like mental and physical uh protection yeah no i completely agree um it's good that they're doing that i think nintendo have something like it set up um xbox are getting there don't know what playstation are doing um but i'm sure they'll follow suit at some point like xbox and playstation kind of like to copy each other um yeah and bounce off each other a little bit so i'm sure we'll get there yeah absolutely and uh phil spencer the head of xbox actually just said the other day that he really likes what playstation are doing with the dual sense so he might be looking to adapt some of those ideas onto their controllers so yeah it's all it's all inspiration and uh copy and paste mm. and lawyers making sure that it's not exactly <laughs> copy and paste <laughs> I'm very glad you said that, Isaac, because the lawyers will be very excited to see how the Steam Deck fares. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, not to be confused with the Stream Deck, the Steam Deck is a portable PC gaming console which will allow you to play all of your PC games on the go, and it's looking to be set for release in December 2021, starting price $399. It's available for pre-order right now. Wait, so I thought it was August from Nintendo. I'm talking about the Steam Deck. Yeah, this, this is the Switch Pro, right? <laughs> this is the real Switch Pro. That, this is a Switch <laughs> Hey, they heard what we were saying in the last podcast, and they were like, hey, don't worry, lads, we got you. Yeah, we got to fix it, we got to fix it. You know what, yeah? Steve, a lot of people have a lot to say about Steam, but they picked the perfect time to announce that Steam Deck, because everyone was excited about that Switch OLED, and then two days later, people were like, rah, this is dead, you know? And then Steam right in there, with the money in the bank. <laughs> They are cashing out of nowhere. In, out of nowhere. <laughs> they're cashing in the money in the bank, trying to get that portable world heavyweight title. They're here, and it's about time that we got a competitor in the portable gaming scene. We haven't seen this since the PSP versus the DS, and really, when you know this competition, it elevates everyone's game. And mm. I'm excited to see what happens now. I know how I feel about the Steam Deck, but Isaac, how do you feel about this announcement? Um. So I was looking at it, and it's weird. Like, I know I'm not going to get it because I'm not into, like, handheld gaming anymore, but I was looking at it, and I was like, yo, this is good. Like, I, I like this. Because um, first and foremost, like, it is a little computer. Like, you can... I think you, you have to, like, get it on yourself, but you can run Windows on it. I think it runs Linux natively. Um, you've got the Steam OS. So because it's Steam, I would hope and I imagine... That you can play like any Steam game. So I think they had um Jedi Fallen Order running on there, but I think that was streaming from something else. I don't think that counts. But I think you can do a lot on this. Um the battery life is two to eight hours, and eight hours is for like light stuff, like if you just web browsing or I think talking to people. So that yeah, so that two hours, that two hours, as shit as it is, makes me believe that you can play, you know, your big games like like a Skyrim. Or like a what's a or a Fallout maybe is that on Steam? I don't know. Um, I would but, imagine so. Yeah, so it it seems pretty good. Like um, you've even got little little touch pads to like you know work around like a mouse. That seems quite nice. Um, I like the look of it. Like it's not it's not there to be beautiful. It's there to be rugged and get the job done. I like that. 
Um, I don't know. I look here and I'm like, yo, this is this. This seems like like tech um, <laughs> and not a toy. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. saying Switch is a toy. It's, it's definitely you know a, a good pe- but I would rather hold the uh, the the Steam Deck. Exactly yeah, yeah, it's poor. Um, <laughs> what what does get me is like I think the base model is going to be like 350, but there's going to be other models that go up to like 600 and something pounds. Um, and at that point, I'm just thinking to myself, why do I want to walk around or sit in a park with like 600 pounds in my hand? At that point, I would rather just like play like my game indoors, which mm-hmm. means why am I using this piece of kit anymore? Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, the marketing, what they do with it, what you can do with it, or say apart from the switch, because I know you can you can dock it and you can use it as a PC, so you can just get a monitor and play from this thing, which means, I guess, in that case, it kind of beats the Switch, in my opinion, because it's a really cheap computer. Yeah. But that's also a gaming PC, and it completely, like, eviscerates the the shitty two-hour battery life if you're playing something intensive, because it's docked and it's probably charging. Um, I'm going to wait, see what they do. But I'd like it more than the Switch OLED, at this point, um, I will say that. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, oh, but one thing that I do want to add, uh, and I really love the fact they've done this. Um, to be able to pre-order this, you would have had to make a purchase before June 2021 on the, on Steam, um, and I think that they've done that to like detract the scalpers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great. I, I absolutely love that. Um, it, I think it would have been nicer if they did maybe a little bit earlier, but for the most part, this is great. You can't just make a Steam account and start buying shit. Like, and chances are it'll probably be like one console per account, maybe as well. So that will really fuck up Scalper's plans. So I think this is great. I love that. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. So that's amazing. Mm, really the quicker, fun. the sooner they can ban these Scalpers, the better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to, to say about this, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm all ears. So, opposite to you, I don't like the design of this, but I think that is not a negative on the console. I'm going to call it a console for the purpose mm. of this conversation, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's a negative on this console because, as you quite rightly said, I think it is meant to be tech. It's not meant yeah. to be like pretty like the Switches or the Switch Lite or like the DS was, or even the PSP. This is meant to look like a piece of tech, and it just looks like it. It looks like it can run games. Yeah, the fact that it has a two-hour battery life, I 100%, I 100% believe it can run The Witcher 3 and all of its DLC. I, there's no other reason for it to have such a poor battery life. So it, that's it. It's, it's two to eight hours. I'm, yeah, I'm but yeah, really but bad. even eight, yeah, I mean, if it's eight hours when you're browsing, that's not great. Um, <laughs> But, you know, my, my point is, I believe it can run the big PC games. And that is, like, its biggest USP against the Switch, mm-hmm. which is very capped in its abilities. This has already caused the internet to go up, like, flames. Because you've got P- Everyone's playing PC nowadays. So everyone is just thinking all of the indie games that ca- they can play, all of their big games that they can play when people are going on holiday, when the world opens up again. And I really like that. Now, I've seen a lot of negative comments about this because 
the first thing I thought when I saw this thing, this looks like the Sega Game Gear. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of people pick up on that and they've said negative things to the same tune. I've seen people saying that this is going to burn your hands off because of how much power it's going to use. And I don't know how I feel about that because I do think it is going to cause heat just because of how much power it's going to use. Mm-hmm. But I imagine Steam would have thought about that already and would have come up with a countermeasure. Mm-hmm. If not, hopefully in the next few months they will be working on that. I don't actually think I'm going to make the plunge myself personally because I'm not that much of a PC guy. I'm very content playing on console. Like I can't. I don't know what to tell you. I've got PlayStation and Nintendo. I'm very satisfied. So. I know this is not for me, but this is going to be for a lot of other people out there. And for that reason, I'm very happy. I think the la- the, the catalogue of original content, not ported games, I think that's going to be a big selling point. The fact that its lowest price point is $400, I think that's great. Um, I don't know if they're going to do any like fancy deals like bundles or anything like that. But this is very promising. And, look, and judging from the initial reaction, and it's been a couple of days now and people are still high off of this announcement, I think that they've made an excellent first step. Now, a product launch is more than just its first step, but it's a very important piece of the puzzle. And it's how about, it's it's all about how Steam builds off of this momentum. And I think they are looking quite comfy. Yeah, I can't. it's all there. Like to, to touch on what you said earlier about they won't be porting stuff. That's such a. I think that's so good because the Switch, yeah, great, you can move it around, but you're playing a lot of old games. Like Bioshock is a great game, but it is from the the PS3 Xbox days. Um, Bioshock Infinite again. That's I think that's still early PS4 um, Xbox uh, One. So to be able to have like fresh new games on your portable system major usp mm-hmm. um and also because it is a mini computer as well like you know how like you know the psp existed and certain people realized you know if i have a memory card i can you know add a little bit more uh functionality to uh to my device um same thing here really because valve are open about like you can you can do whatever you want to this like it's not going to be locked in any way, shape, or form. Whatever you want to do to this thing, you can. Um, and I think that's really good. I think letting people play with something they've bought is great. Like on the Switch, I know that if you if you mod it or jailbreak it, what happens is every time there's a major update, um, that update will kill your Switch. Like not kill, but you'll you'll lose certain, like, functionality. Um, right. Someone who modded their Switch was telling me about how it works and how there's, like, certain things inside the Switch that get blown every single time there's an update, so you can't go back. Ah. And, uh, yeah, there's certain <laughs> technical stuff that went over my head, but, like, I remember enough of it. Um, so you've got to be really careful if you're modding your Switch. Uh, but with this, it just seems like, you know, if you want to mod it or do whatever, like, you, you can do it. It's just a PC at the end of the day. Um, and I think that's nice. I think that will make it user-friendly to an extent. Not user-friendly for someone who doesn't know how to, you know, like, 
change all the settings on their like com- computer. Like if you want like a plug and play, it'll probably still work for that. But like for people who who like to, you know, like tweak settings, um, you know, add new features, mod their console, add new operating systems, I think this will be user friendly for them. Um, and I think again, that is another massive uh usp also it runs linux and the linux community is is quite large actually um Mm. there's a lot of support there's so many different iterations of linux uh so i think you know linux users will be very happy with this uh so uh so yeah it seems great honestly um i won't be getting it myself I'm not interested, uh, <laughs> just because like it's like I've got my Switch. I want to get a PS5 soon. Probably going to get Xbox Game Pass. Um, but I don't know if you want something that's you know a little bit more heavy duty than a Switch. This could be perfect. This could be the Switch Pro you always wanted. <laughs> yeah, I think you touched on a really important point there. This is going to be for people who like to fully customize their gaming experiences. So obviously there. Are- there are people that exist that just like their games a certain way and, you know, they'll get a console, they'll get a PC designed for games. But then there are people who want to test the limits of gaming and they want that minimal latency, they want no input lag and, you know, they are more centered towards PC gaming. And I think the Steam Deck is going to be a perfect purchase for those kind of people. Uh, I hope they can do something about that battery life. I don't know how feasible that all is going to be. But from the sounds of it, it sounds like it's going to be a very nice piece of hardware for anyone who really likes to mod because uh, I know the modding community is quite large. It's quite fun Um, (laughs) when they like to mod uh, fighting games and uh, RPGs. They really do have a blast. And I get why people like Nintendo don't like their stuff being modded. But at the same time, most of it is harmless. So if Nintendo is going to be such a gatekeeping Gary about modding their stuff, the fact that there's going to be a competitor that is going to openly allow you to mod their stuff, I think that's perfect. You don't need to jailbreak this console where, you know, the the rules are so ironclad. Have fun with this console, this piece of kit here that we know you mod anyway. Have fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. I think that means you you might be able to keep your warranty as well if something does go wrong. Um, mm. But it does make me think about, like, viruses. Would you need virus protection for this? Um, that's, that's that's my thing, because you don't have to worry <laughs> about that if you're on, like, your, your PlayStation, your Xbox, or whatever. This does worry me, because it'll be your Steam credentials on here. And that's important, because, you know, like, if someone gets those, well, your bank account's on there. And what if you're someone who, and you shouldn't do this, but what if you're someone who uses the same password for everything? They get that <laughs> and they start, and hackers, you know, do their thing. Cause that's what they do. Like, that's why they attack things like Dropboxes, because they're not super important. But if you use that for everything, well, now someone's got yeah. your password. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that could be a worry, but I'm sure Steam will, uh, will have thought of that um, and you should be fine. Maybe there'll be like two factor verification or something yeah i don't know but um but yeah yeah 2fa does seem like the wisest thing at least in terms of basic security it does seem like the quickest thing to sort out i think they should implement that if they haven't already gone that route Mm. um 
but yeah, because like you can use it as a computer, so it makes me think you need a VPN, you need like you know virus software. So uh, I'm I'm gonna watch this eagerly to see like what happens until December. I'm quite excited. Yeah, I think we're going to be in the best position. We're excited about this, but we're not jumping the gun and pre-ordering this thing just yet, just in case oh, it yeah. turns out that it's not in our best interest to have mm. this piece of kit, which is completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> only certain things, only certain special things get pre-orders. Mm. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is getting pre-ordered. If it's shit, it's shit. I hope it won't be, but if it's shit, I've, I've pre-ordered it. I don't care. I've, I have to play it. I have to do yeah. it. Um, Forbidden West might get pre-ordered if I get a PS5. That's it, I think. There's nothing <laughs> else that gets the pre-order. It's just those two. Yeah, we we, we consider pre-orders very important and special here. But bearing that, out. sorry, go ahead. I just said you can't just throw them out. Absolutely. Bearing that in mind, have you pre-ordered the Steam Deck? If so, let us know. Streamcast underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know if you haven't pre-ordered it, but you want a Steam Deck in your life come December. Now, as Steam enters the portable gaming scene, a new challenger wants to enter the gaming scene altogether. Netflix has finally thrown their hat in the gaming ring and have announced that within the next year, they want to allow gaming on their platform. Isaac, do you have any thoughts on this? In my head, I'm just thinking there's going to be a Netflix Xbox merger. That's that's what I'm thinking right now. That's, that's all. That's such I'm a good idea. That's right such now. a good idea. Like, I, I think it makes sense. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm because I don't. Cause here's the thing, right? Netflix of the most they've dabbled with is those interactive uh, choose your own adventure kind of mm. thing. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how Netflix like game subscription is going to work is it going to be where they send you a controller in the mail um because or are you going to have to watch your netflix on like your laptop because certain tvs won't have anywhere for you to plug in your controller and if they do you'll have to like plug in at the back and then like kind of have a wire come out or your tv's already inside the wall so unless it's like a bluetooth functionality in your tv which there might be in smart tv i haven't played with that mm. i don't know how they're gonna do it um i genuinely think that it's just gonna be a case where netflix gets fused with game pass and it becomes this almighty like soft not software package uh that thing subscription. Where you, subscription thank you it's gonna be this almighty subscription that beats all other subscriptions <laughs> and like they win the subscription wars after that i, I think that's what's gonna happen yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be netflix game pass or or Game Pass Netflix or whatever like that. That's, Netflix Game Pass. Yeah, I, I see it happening. Um, and it makes sense because that game, like, I don't know who actually, I take it all back because Netflix are making money. Netflix have so much money, they just throw it out and say, make me this great film and they'll get a great film coming. Um, and Game Pass is the best thing ever. And obviously it's Microsoft too. It's Microsoft. Um, so maybe there won't be a merger, but I honestly have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but I, that's, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, especially if I don't have to pay more for my Netflix subscription and I'm on board. Well, yeah. What we do know is Mike Verdu, formerly mm. an executive at EA and Facebook has joined Netflix as vice president of game development. He will report to the chief operating officer 
And as of right now, Netflix do not expect to increase their fees when the game rollout happens. Mm-hmm. So you won't have to pay any more money. You can just play games. Isaac, that sounds like something that you'd be into then because you sound like you already have a Netflix subscription. Yeah, I'd definitely be into it. Um, I just don't know how they're going to make it work because I don't see Netflix breaking into it unless it ends up being something like Google Stadia or Amazon Luma. Um, And maybe it's just the circles I traversing but i haven't heard anything about stadia um i don't even think they were at e3 i might be wrong uh and luma is still experimental um haven't heard much about that either so i don't know how netflix are gonna do it but i have more faith in netflix doing it than stadia and luma because like prime's good actually no prime's better than netflix in my opinion uh, actually, no, it, depend, it depends on the show. Yeah, you know they have their seasons. I think. Yeah, I, think sometimes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how they're gonna do. It. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna be hopeful. Um, but if there's no change in price, I'll definitely give uh Amazon Gaming a try. I genuinely think it's gonna be Netflix Gaming. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Netflix Gaming. I'll give Netflix Gaming a try. Um, but I think it's going to be something like Stadia. I don't see any other way unless we get uh, Netflix Game Pass. And Yeah. That's not something I had considered, but ever since you brought that up, that makes a lot of sense. Because why go through all the faff of you know, coming up with your own games platform where you can just import Xboxes, get more people playing Xboxes stuff, but it's through your avenue. I guess the share profits might be an issue of contention there, but Mm. it does make a lot of sense. And yeah, as as soon as I read the headline that Netflix wants to get into games, I couldn't help but think about Amazon who launched Luna and Google who launched Stadia. And uh, I can't lie, Google Stadia hasn't been a success as far as I'm aware. I'm not going to call it a failure, but hasn't hit the ground running it hasn't you know put the world on fire or anything like that uh actually they've been you know every time i've heard someone talk about stadia it's about something negative rather than something positive so it's really weird to judge how netflix is gonna do i honestly think that google stadia is something that's ahead of its time and because of that it's gonna be a while till people actually understand the greatness of stadia we're just not ready for it. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know anything about Amazon Luna. I think they're still uh, working on it. It's still in development from what I understand. Last I heard of Luna, they gave special content creators access to play and uh, you know try it out. And I've not heard anything since, so I don't know where Luna is. But obviously Netflix is a pioneer in entertainment because they went against the machine of DVDs and Blockbuster famously put them out of business. Mm. So Netflix are no strangers to dipping their toes into uncharted territory. And I think Netflix getting into games shows intent that they are ready to expand. They are willing to get into something else. You know, they're not just looking to rest on their laurels and sit back looking comfy on all the money that they've made. 
it's it's interesting because Netflix have actually filed for rights for shows and movies that they've made on their stuff. So Stranger Things, for example, they've got the rights to the gaming license for Stranger Things, and they've Ooh. issued those rights out to certain companies. Mm. So I don't know what the turnaround time is on that, but I'm expecting Netflix are looking to make Stranger Things games. And if that's the case, why not do that as a timed exclusive on your Netflix gaming platform that was just meant to come out in a year's time or just a general exclusive there. So mirroring what you said, I have a lot more faith in Netflix going into the gaming sphere as opposed to Amazon and Google. But overall, I don't know how much they can shake the world that has been dominated by PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo for mm. so long. Uh, Xbox were really the the last to really successfully break into games, and that was about 20 years ago. So maybe it is about time that we've got a new challenge in gaming, but Netflix needs to know what they're doing. And it seems like they've got the the, the right components because they've got someone who knows what they are talking about when it comes to gaming. I'm intrigued as to what their rollout plan is. Yeah. Um, I think they'll take their time. I think they're not going to be in any rush whatsoever because they really don't need to be. Like, Stadia's not making waves. And even if it does get to a point where it's actually sick, because it it, it came about and then people went into it, like, I think it's lost that, that steam. Mm. Um, so, genuinely, if Netflix can just, like, take their time and come up with something that actually works, but more importantly, it, it's, it's just easy like because they really got the netflix subscription or whatever if it's like a pound extra a month and you can now play games or it just comes with it or like they just give you a free month and you can play around with it i think that'll do wonders because netflix is already in your home like it's it's on your remote controls now if you like have a smart tv in the last what maybe five years um so they've already got a pretty nice market share so it's not going to be hard for them to just come along and be like hey We've got games now. So yeah. um, I think they're in a good spot. A very good spot. Yeah, like my review my my remote has a Netflix button, for example. So yeah, that's gargantuan. <laughs> it's gargantuan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Netflix is gargantuan. And that's not it's not the same for Amazon Prime or any other apps that are on the smart TV. It's only oh, Netflix that we've got. Amazon Prime button as well. Oh well, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Both on there. I I stand corrected, but yeah, we can't downsize the effect, the impact that Netflix has had over the last five to 10 years. Mm. And as you said, it's so easy for Netflix to be in everyone's homes already that it's only one step more for you to go onto the games part of Netflix. When I had Sky back in the day, there was like a game section and there was several games like Beehive Bedlam and stuff like that. So if Netflix is trying to do something like that, they might just pull in casual gamers by the bucket load, and it's not before you know it. You spent four hours playing the game on Netflix, and mm. that that is going to be like a real metric of success. So, I guess what we're going to need to know is whether Netflix gaming is going to be targeted towards casual fans, more hardcore fans, or a more general blend. Whether they're going to issue controllers that are going to work, or whether they're going to try and deliver more mobile game experiences, I would assume the former with like large game experiences controller but yeah you never know 
I think it'd be easy to do mobile games. Like you could do a Candy Crush with your remote control. Wouldn't be too hard. Um, yeah. Be an easy stepping point. But yeah, I I do hope it would be more. You know, you get a controller, you can play like a big budget game. Um, that'd be pretty cool. And it's definitely the way we're going because like. You had your DVDs, and eventually we we transitioned to more digital um, entertainment. You've you've got your hardware, but we are going to eventually transition. So just just everything being software, we're not going to need the consoles anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm like, why would we? Uh, like our phones can do so much. There are some phones that are just better than laptops. Um, you've got Steam coming out with this like portable like PC. Um. A console's nice and everything, but I mean, look at look at what they've done. Like, how far how far can a console take you? This is definitely where gaming is going. I think, um, and I'm sort of happy about this because, honestly, like every time a new console comes out, I don't want to play the old one, even though <laughs> I might have like my favorite games on there. I don't want to touch the old console. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually the same. This is the only time when I've gone back to the previous console, so I do jump back and forth from the PS4 to the PS5. Mm. But I think that's a very interesting point you made. I do think there is a lot of stock in that. Like, gaming is becoming a lot lighter. It is all becoming software, digital, and there is only so much a piece of hardware like a console can take you. I think console. I don't know. I don't want to say console gaming, but consoles have a lot to do to keep up with the digital side of things. And yeah, it, it's a scary thought, but it might be one that's real that, you know, all the hardware stuff is eviscerated and we're just stuck with softwares and digital gaming software. Mm. Which is why I think like Xbox have suddenly, in my, because in my opinion, Xbox was always like at the bottom for me, even from like, Xbox 360 because I always like the the exclusives, but Xbox is already on your phones, already on your laptops. If you've got Game Pass, you can play your games like anywhere. Um, so Xbox are already like ahead of the other two, and like you know, Sony and Nintendo don't catch up to that. They might find themselves quickly left behind. Um, and a part of me like. A part of me thinks that maybe this has been Microsoft's master plan from the very beginning, <laughs> because they knew that like, like they 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 could make this work. Um, I don't know; it's just speculation. But but yeah, I think Microsoft are definitely ahead. Game Pass is amazing, and everything actually just becomes software in the end. Well, they're already there. They don't have to do anything. They don't have yeah. to change. So. Yeah. Uh, mm. So fantastic preemptive strike, really, in the mm -hmm. digital gaming scene. And yeah, they, they are going to be ahead of PlayStation and Nintendo for a while. Surely they're going to pick up the buck and, and realize that mm. they kind of need their own. But it's very good that Xbox has got ahead of the competition. And I think that's going to yeah. speak volumes to, for them and their intention. Mm -hmm. And like it. They, they kind of get the last laugh because you know that infamous uh, reveal of the new consoles where Xbox was like, you can't share games anymore. You're actually <laughs> always one. And the PlayStation, oh, the sly bastards, put together like an 11 second presentation. How do you share games on PlayStation? Hands it to his friend like this. Thank you. And just finished Xbox. Um, 
now because you're buying software you, you can't do that in, anymore like you yeah. you can't share games xbox and their game pass they they get the last laugh they did it they did it like uh good for them yeah at the time that video was just fantastic but cool. yeah it might be one of those ones that doesn't age as well as we think we do yeah <laughs> Let us know if you are watching or listening to this podcast. What do you think about Netflix trying to get into games? Should they stay in their lane or do you welcome this change? You can let us know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram, Streamcast underscore. You can follow us on Twitch, Streamcast TV, and subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and set the bell to all so you get every video as soon as it goes live. That really helps us out. And we are on almost every audio platform out there. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can listen to us. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Sounder, and many other audio platforms. If we do not currently release our podcasts where you like to consume them, please let us know and we'll try to fix that. Please, everyone, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next Streamcast.